I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? We're back. Sooners Illustrated Podcast, episode 10. Is that a milestone? Too early for a milestone? I don't know. Josh Calloway, <laughs> Colin Kennedy, James Jackson, Tom Green will be along in just a bit to talk some fall camp stuff. Gentlemen, how are things going on? Colin, you're in Nashville, Tennessee. How was the journey? Journey was quite something, considering <laughs> a, a certain individual had quite the recruitment process play out that ended up impacting my car ride. But we'll get into that later. I'm sleepy. I am a little bit worn down, but gentlemen, there's football on the horizon. So I'm in a good spot. And speaking of good spots, like you mentioned, I'm up here at 24-7 Sports HQ in Nashville, Tennessee. So looking forward to it. And I'm doing well on this beautiful Thursday. Or Friday. And, and with, with that take, he he now has the best setup, uh, at least for this show, because he's out there looking like he's in a spaceship, man. That's that's an awesome yeah. setup out there. I almost I almost changed employee hours here at, at 24-7 Sports HQ just so that I could out studio set up James. But that's <laughs> HR said something about I can't do that, you know, whatever. I'd get a lawsuit, but that's neither here nor there. That's funny. Yeah, we're coming off a great a great scrimmage though out there at Carl Albert. A lot of OU guys that are noticeable that we wanted to go see. They're very fun. We'll get into that later. But I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well after that. Yeah, no, it was nice just to see some football like you know I mean, we've been going to practice and stuff and that's that scratches the itch a little bit but to see scrimmages last night where the teams played you know full quarters you know full speed was really nice and uh like colin said it's friday august 18th two weeks from tomorrow is ou's opener um coming up quick coming up really really quick week zero next week for high school and college football so it's about that time feels good um got a ton of recruiting stuff on the show today um, as you might expect, a lot's been going on. A lot is on the horizon. And like I said, we'll get Tom in a little bit later for some fall camp stuff. Let's go ahead and uh, jump in by ripping off the Band-Aid a little bit with some Williams Noary. Okay, so we talked about it earlier in the week. Obviously, uh, James and, and Tom and myself did. He committed to Missouri on Monday. Um, there was uh, a, a, a massive reaction to that, uh, as you expect. It was a very, very high-profile commitment, one that we've talked about on the show a whole lot. Um, I was going to probably have Colin chime in with some extra context and just kind of his overall reaction to everything anyway, but it became especially necessary after last night. Lee Summit North is playing at Union Scrimmage up there in Tulsa, coincidentally. And Williams Nowhere is rocking OU stuff. OU cleats, OU gloves. Naturally, he was asked about it afterwards, saying, hey, you know, what gives? And he basically said, I'm going to let this process play out. You know, I still have love for OU all that stuff. And then Miguel Chavis tweets this morning, the So You're Telling Me There's a Chance from Dumb and Dumber uh, photo. Colin, what the heck's going on, man? Is this over? What, what's the deal? How are you feeling about what happened on Monday and 
where things stand now. What's going on is we're still riding the roller coaster, apparently. So, and I, I would like to get off. I think a lot of Oklahoma fans would like to get off the ride as well, but here we are. So, I, the best way I can describe this, right? I think that according to a couple of people I talked to when I was driving up to Nashville and then once I got here and everything sort of played out, obviously, Will hopped on with us here at 24 7 HQ on the recruiting show and, and kind of went through some things. Basically said, like, look, NIL, did it play a factor? Absolutely. But Missouri is a program that was one of the first to ever offer him. A lot of familiarity there with the coaching staff. You got that home field advantage. And when I talked to a couple people, I actually had a source or two tell me that Missouri thought that this thing was basically going to be wrapped up later in the week. They just weren't sure 100%. There was a lot of confidence coming out of Columbia. It just came down to, is he actually going to deliver the firm word? And when he did, I do believe him when he says that he is committed and he felt like that was the best decision for him at that time. Because as we all know, Mizzou's trying to keep him in state. They're very good about recruiting the local guys. But then on top of that, trying to figure out all this new NIL stuff is a very wild ride behind the scenes. But According to the number of different people I talked to, Williams Winery would be able to capitalize on this NIL structure via the state of Missouri law in September, which that's mm-hmm. huge. I mean, yeah. I, and so I think Will is approaching this very, very appropriately. And why is that? First of all, in recruiting, you never close a door. And if you're a recruit, you always want to upkeep those relationships, especially in the era of NIL, because you have those relationships in place. Yes, they could pay off later down the line. But on top of that, in a world where williams Winery is going to be able to continuously negotiate things like NIL in September and October, if there's a program like Oklahoma still hovering out there, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Like, that's a good for business decision, regardless of where he's at. And, I, and the other part of this, too, is. I do believe him to a degree when he says Oklahoma is still hovering around his recruitment because, I mean, OU was pursuing him very heavily. They wanted him very badly, not just because they had so many relationships with him and things of that nature, but they wanted him to take them into the SEC. But the other part of this is the the whole thing where, like, Georgia is in the mix as well. And, and mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of unknown when it comes to Will and Aries. So when he shows up with the OU gear, like you mentioned, I mean, I – I'm not making a ton of it right now, but what I think is happening here is that williams Winery is rightfully keeping things open to a degree. Mizzou does not have similar rules in place like Brent Venables has, right, where he can still kind of go through the recruiting process. And I think a five-star should be allowed every right to continue to evaluate potential opportunities, especially when the guy is trying to figure out what's best for him both on and off the field. See, this right here is what I was talking about, Sooners fans. Last show, when I said it, it's not over just yet. Now, I didn't think he was going to be so on the nose about it. Uh, <laughs> days later, situation, four days later. Yeah, because no. like I said, what I was saying, didn't, I wasn't based on any intel I had from Winery. It wasn't anything like that. It's just in recruiting, it's never done until it's signed. It's just, it's just not. Things can change for these recruits, and their minds can change. I mean, they're young guys. They, they have that. They, you know, they're going to change their minds. So things can happen. That's all I said. I was just putting it out there. And uh, I know we got some slack for that, but this this is right here. This is why this is why I said that last week. Yeah, it's, there's a difference between something happening and then it actually paying out. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's one of those things where Oklahoma will continue to recruit him. And, and 
we've reported in the past, Oklahoma staff would like to continue to recruit him up until signing day. But will it actually work in their favor? That's a whole other argument. But the statement, it's not done yet, I think objectively, we all know every program in, a, in America would like for this guy to end up in their class one day. Mm-hmm. Not done until they sign. And in the case of Peyton Bowen, sometimes not even done when they sign. Um, it, it Stuff gets crazy quickly. And I just can't help but think if if the roles were flipped here, what kind of meltdown would be happening if, if an Oklahoma kid – had committed to Missouri and then did a scrimmage up or an Oklahoma kid committed to Oklahoma, then did a scrimmage up in Missouri wearing Missouri stuff and said, you know, um, I'm keeping it all. I'm letting it play out. We're seeing how it goes. They would not go over well in these parts. So it's not over. Sign day is a long way away. We'll see what happens. We'll see. There's just a lot of uh, topsy turvy. I, I, Highly, highly doubt this is the last time that we'll talk about Williams Nowary on on this show. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. So we'll let it we'll let it rest for now. But we'll see uh, where things go uh, down the line. Like James mentioned last night, he and I were at the Carl Albert scrimmage there, uh, right down the road in Midwest City. There was lots of teams. There was seven teams there, and lots of guys were OU targets or OU commits. Obviously, with Carl Albert alone, you have Kevin Sperry and Xavier Robinson. And then all those guys on the defensive side, Andy Bass or Heritage Hall was there. Nate Roberts from Washington was there. We're going to talk about both of those guys. Let's go ahead and start with Andy Bass. So Heritage Hall QB, Andy Bass, was playing last night. He played very well. He was ripping apart <laughs> opposing very defenses, well. <laughs> mainly on the ground, which OU wants was a running back, so that, that tracks. Um, Colin, you put a crystal ball in for Andy a while ago. He's committing next Thursday. Just kind of an update on how you feel about that still. Does that still feel pretty good uh, for Oklahoma? You know what's kind of interesting, if you think about it, to sort of just expand upon your your typical recruiting talk? I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've ever entered a crystal ball for a guy who technically would be a preferred walk-on. You know, like, I yeah, I don't think I ever anticipated doing that. But the thing is, is Oklahoma fans know this guy is actually a scholarship-caliber player. It's just set up right now to where they would like for him to not necessarily occupy a specific running back scholarship spot because of how deep that room already is. And the other part of this, too, is I think it's a unique approach, right, from Oklahoma where they're setting it up through NIL that he doesn't have to pay for school. He's on technically a full-ride scholarship if he were to come to Oklahoma. That way they can utilize him in any way that they would like. And there's not necessarily like a set spot that he occupies, whether it be a wide receiver or a running back spot. And so for Andy Bass, Syracuse is still very much in the mix. I think it's personally down to Oklahoma and Syracuse. I think Oklahoma's in a really good spot right now based on what I've heard. I think OU sold him on being a running back, wide receiver, wildcat quarterback, special teams guy. I mean, if they wanted him to play defensive side of the ball, I bet they'd line him out there too. But Andy Bass is just someone they want to keep in state and they want to throw him out there as someone who can just go out and play football. And we've discussed this in the past. In the era of positionless football becoming more and more popular, guys like Andy Bass are going to become more and more valuable. And so for Oklahoma, that's why he's so heavily pursued. And I think in the end, based on everything I've heard, it, it warrants a crystal ball. Like, they really want this guy. They're going to use him whenever he arrives. And we've seen the utilization of guys like Gavin Freeman now, right? I mean, even mm. a Drake Stoops. These guys that they take as PWOs, 
they're going to be playing at a scholarship caliber rate. And the thing is, is Andy Bass is different than both of them in that he would technically have a full-ride scholarship if he were to arrive at Oklahoma through NIL. So I think my crystal ball is still very much deserving. And Oklahoma continues to recruit this guy as we get closer to a decision date of August 24th. And whenever that arrives, I think Oklahoma could be in a spot for some pretty good news. Yeah, I mean, he, he talked about it last night. He said, I think this is my last year getting to play quarterback in, in football. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy that understands his – he's going to understand his new role, and he's already open to it. He's, he said that publicly. He's open to a new role, and I think that's a good that's a good setup for OU, for, you know, a school that's wanting him to do something different. So, he's already he's already embraced it, and that's good for them. He looked great last night, by the way, just outstanding. I saw two touchdown runs from him that were breaking tackles and getting through guys. You look on – Look on this YouTube channel. Josh has those shots for us. I mean, it's a great shot of Andy Bass running over guys. It's, it's amazing from a quarterback position. Yeah, arm tackles just don't don't get it done uh, with, with Andy Bass. And we were at camp back in June, James, whenever he was there. And he earned himself that OU offer by just tearing up everybody. And at that time, I said, I, I, I want to see this guy in game action when we when we get there. And uh, just scrimmage. But, yeah, he was – he was ripping people apart, mm-hmm. right? So going to be fun to see him. Uh, hopefully get to see him play in a real-life game here in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, commits next Thursday. OU Syracuse, Kansas State, the final three there. Keep up with, uh, obviously, us at Oklahoma.247sports.com for whenever he makes his decision. Elsewhere at that scrimmage was big Nate Roberts at Washington. We talked about it just a little bit on the early week show on Tuesday. He decommitted from Notre Dame, pretty much right as James Tom and I sat down to record on Tuesday afternoon. Obviously, I mean, it goes without saying, a lot of eyes on Oklahoma now here as a serious player. Colin, how do you feel about things stand with uh, Nate Roberts? He was at the scrimmage last night wearing an OU shirt, walking around, um, talking to Kevin Sperry, chopping (laughs) up with him. Seems like that's in a good place. What say you? Well, I should say that apparently in this day and age, anytime – any recruit wears any sort of gear, we should go ahead and lob in crystal balls. But no, I think in reality, Oklahoma has been quietly working behind the scenes to reestablish their standing with this guy. You know, I was thinking about on my drive up here to Nashville, you guys remember our first press conference with Brent Venables this season when he brought up the fact that Washington's out there running 12 personnel and how clever it is that they're – I wonder why he said that, guys. What a what an interesting thing to bring up at his first press conference. But <laughs> anyway, I, I I think Oklahoma has steadily recruited this guy heavily in order to try and get him to decommit from Notre Dame. Because if you think about it, the dream scenario for Oklahoma, especially considering the current state of the tight end room, is to stack Devon Mitchell, who reclassified from 2025 to 2024, with Nate Roberts, who's in 2025, maybe even alongside a guy like a, a Desan Brame or a Chase Lofton, who James and I know very well. And so I think that Oklahoma is really starting to hit the gas on tight end recruiting over these next couple of months. And Nate Roberts right now is the focal point of that because I think if you were to end up with a tandem of Devon Mitchell and Nate Roberts one day, that's one of the most talented tight end rooms in college football out of the gate. And so I personally am playing it a little bit slow. Why is that? I've heard 
rumors or rumblings that maybe some other blue bloods might try and get involved here. When you hear names like Ohio State, Georgia, especially for like tight ends, mm. I'm I'm always like, you know, we'll we'll see what happens here. But the thing is, is and I'm sure we'll talk about him later. But Kevin Sperry, man, he's he's killing it behind the scenes for OU recruiting, and I think he is another one that's played a big factor here with Nate Roberts. And so the Sooners are trending in a very positive direction with this guy. And if you're able to stack two very talented tight ends and back-to-back classes, one of them being an in-state guy who was previously committed to an out-of-state institution, I mean, that's that's an outstanding work from Joe John Finley. And for Oklahoma staff and recruits in general, just to get this program back into that recruitment, it's, it's pretty re- incredible work if you consider that. And so the Sooners are – our upwardly trajectory uh, with Nate Roberts, and I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. Okay, two points here. First, we talk about when you talk about Brent Venables bringing up Washington. I actually talked to the Washington baseball coach last night just about that. He's on the football staff, so he's also you know a coach in that aspect. He said, "You know what? I think he was just recruiting." That's <laughs> that's, what it's, <laughs> that's what it sounded like to me. That's what he said. I, I, we all got to laugh out of that. We all got to laugh out of that. Second. Kevin Sperry, I talked about this guy being a great recruiter for this 2025 class. I mean, he's outstanding. He doesn't get to start last night. They let Cash Ferris start. He's been there longer. That's what it seemed like, the reason for that. He goes out there on his second throw and throws a bomb to Tron A, who catches it and scores a touchdown. And everybody's in, in awe of just the throw. Because it was it was a seven, 60 to 70 yarder, right, Josh? It was like 60 to 70 yards. Something like that. Yeah, about, about his own 30. Yeah. Gavin Freeman's out there just hanging out on the sideline. I turned and looked at him and smiled, and he was smiling, like the biggest smile on his face. And I just pointed at him. I said, that, there you go, man. <laughs> that's all you. <laughs> it's going to be fun for you. That, that's, that's simply what it came down to. Just that type of talent is all he needs to do to recruit guys. And he's, he's out there at everybody's at commitments, and he's on everybody, mm-hmm. in everybody's ear talking to him, working out with him. I mean, that just shows what kind of recruit, recruiter he is and that he has the talent to back it up. And that's that's why it's working, I think, so far for, for OU and Kevin Sperry. You're really unbelievable, Sperry's value. I mean, obviously, the player, we all, we all are very high on what he'll be as a player, but him bringing these other guys in, we said it before, it's very Caleb Williams or Jackson Arnold-esque, at least in, in recent memory here at the top. Those guys both did a very similar thing in terms of they brought all these dudes with them, and it, it's – Trending that same way. And Nate Roberts, too, if you're unfamiliar with him and you're thinking Washington, Oklahoma, 2A program, that's the number two tight end in the country in his class, number two player in Oklahoma. He's not some little school. He is a big kid. Big. He completely, it was hilarious. He completely unguardable last night. If he could he could have caught the pat, you know, the ball for 10, 15 yard chunks every single play if they wanted. And they were just working other guys pretty much. He nobody could even kind of cover him. So yeah, you stack him and Mitchell, like Colin was saying, I joked with James yesterday, that is a just gross tight end room. Mitchell and Roberts together is that's that's a nightmare fuel for defenses. That that if that's how this goes, that's that's big time for Oklahoma and Joe John Finley. So we'll be keeping a very close eye on that one uh here as the season progresses. Obviously just a twenty twenty five kid, so he could he's got time. He can play it out if he wants. Elsewhere, let's go down to the Collins neck of the woods. Denton Geyer, which is obviously the alma mater of Jackson Arnold, and Peyton Bowen, younger brother Eli Bowen. Colin put a crystal ball in for him this week. 
If you're unfamiliar with Eli, he's a three-star cornerback, top 100 player down there in Texas. Colin, how do you feel about Eli? So you put in a crystal ball for him this week. How do you feel about the player? And obviously, you stands to reason you feel good about Oklahoma's chances. Here. I do feel good. Uh, I do feel good. And I will say this. I think Eli Bowen is a heck of a corner. He is someone who I've known him for a long time. I think he's an outstanding kid. And he is obviously following in his older brother's footsteps, being heavily recruited to the defensive back spot. And I had a talk with him in the spring. And one thing that stood out to me is we were talking about how a number of different programs in the region or even some out in like the West Coast were talking to him about how much they wanted to prioritize him as an individual. And for Eli Bowen, I think that's a very big deal. Right, I think a lot of people on the national scale are like, "Oh, that's Peyton Brown, Peyton Bowen's younger brother." Mm. And yeah, I mean that's true. But Eli Bowen wants to be recruited as Eli Bowen, the cornerback out of Den Geyer. And so, at that time, schools like Arkansas, Cal, Texas A and M, they were all in the mix and talking to him. But it's now down to a top two, Texas and Oklahoma. So a little Red River showdown here, if you will. But I think that Oklahoma's in a much better spot over the course of this battle. And I think OU has done two things. They've done a really good job of capitalizing on the relationships already in place. Right, Peyton Bowen continues to be a primary presence in this recruitment, things like that. Uh, Jaden Hardy is Eli's childhood best friend, who happens to also be an Oklahoma commit. And then you look at just the, the the grand scale of this. I think Jay Valai's done a really good job of recruiting Eli as an individual. I think the staff in general has done a really good job of making sure Eli knows that they want him in this program. And Oklahoma is trying to basically close out this defensive backcourt. And Eli Bowen has always been on the board now for a long time. And so I think Eli Bowen, with it being a top two, is trending in Oklahoma's direction. There's not necessarily a date set. But I have heard that it could be winding down soon. And if that's the case, again, I'm picking OU right now. So and that's, yeah. a, that's a good that's a good spot to be in. Hey, hey, Colin Kennedy hasn't missed much since he's been back. I don't actually I don't think you have on every recruit that you've crystal the ball. I mean, 100 percent I'm hundred percent. Hey, the only that, ones the only recent misses are the ones I put in before I went on the national team, man. I just left them alone. So I'm a little bit bummed about that. It's bringing yeah. down my percentage. Yeah. This is hey. Right now, we're running a 50% off annual subscription. Colin Kennedy would be a reason to do that. I mean, he has not missed. God says if he, he has the greatest sources. So just that's another reason to subscribe. We talked about it on uh, you know on Tuesday's show. If you're a VIP subscriber, our, our boards were very, you know, pretty relatively civil with the Nawari commitment, and that's because Colin never put in a pick, never, you know, that was always the lean, felt like, oh, he was a good spot, but never enough to say, you know, this is this is done or whatever. So they were more mm -hmm. brace for impact, I think, than maybe than maybe some other spots. Yeah, so, yeah. I saw a couple of threads of just get everybody preparing. It's just be just be ready if it's not. Oh, you just everybody relax, and that's what <laughs> happened. And now he's out there wearing Oklahoma gear. So I mean, could happen later on. So it's just good times. Great, great Colin Kennedy stuff going on right here. Look, man, I, I don't please don't put that in the atmosphere because I'm already <laughs> sleep deprived enough. I'm struggling over here. So if you put out more Williams Winery stuff, I'm I'm not gonna sleep again tonight. So 
Let's talk about uh, what you're doing in Nashville a little bit here on the way out, and we'll let you go. Um, so you're up there, obviously, tonight, Lipscomb IMG Academy game in Nashville. Obviously, David Stone, the headliner there, Jay Jackson, there's no you commit. But there's a whole medley of guys that you're looking forward to seeing. Um, obviously, David yeah. Probably the, the big name for OU fans there, but kind of talk about what you're looking forward to tonight and what obviously our uh, VIP subscribers can look forward to um, hearing from you here pretty soon. Yeah, I'm going to dive into some VIP notes, kind of like actually diving into some intel regarding as to why I'm going to this game. But honestly, I'm just really excited for this this matchup, and I'm excited for football. Right? I think you look at this game tonight that we're going to IMG Academy is stacked as to be expected, mm-hmm. and David Stone will be on the field. Jaden Jackson, who is an Oklahoma commit, will be on the field. Also of note, though, Jordan Seaton, the offensive lineman, have heard some stuff about him potentially looking at, at Oklahoma. There's, there's guys out there for IMG who Oklahoma has either already landed or in pursuit of. And then on the flip side of this, you look at Lipscomb Academy, there are a couple of OU offers on the field for them as well. You don't think about Tennessee being a recruiting hotbed for Oklahoma, but Woody Washington, right? I mean, he's from the state. And so um, uh, Gooden, Chauncey Gooden, the offensive lineman, he came and camped at Oklahoma, really talented player. I'm excited to see him. I think Bill Beanbow really likes him as a recruiting target in 2025. And then – uh, I, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to butcher his last name, but it's CJ Jim Coyley or Jim Colley. He's a defensive back at Lipscomb Academy. Showed up to Oklahoma's camp and I balled out. I mean, he dominated. And I love this dude because he's about what six foot one, six foot two, can play safety, nickel, corner if you want him to. And I've heard he's just like incredible human being. I actually talked to a source, an Oklahoma source. And I haven't verified this yet because I want to call their bluff. But they said, Colin, CJ is one of those kids who, like, he got bored and likes to be good at things, so he learned how to speak Japanese. I I don't know what draws someone to do that, but if that's the truth, I want to know more from CJ himself about why that happened. So that will be one thing that's not important coming out of tonight's game that I will be asking about. But I'm going to go talk to David, see the latest there. Miami, Oklahoma, both trying to battle it out down the stretch. Obviously, Jaden Jackson remains committed to Oklahoma. Want to pick his brain on how OU is pursuing David Stone ahead of that decision. And then from there, just watch some football, man. You know, enjoy it. And we'll see what comes out of it intel-wise. But hearing a lot about these dudes who will be on the field for Lipsum Academy and IMG. Yeah, no, that, that's going to be a big boy football game. And we'll certainly uh, pick your brain on how you feel about Stone, that decision, um, suddenly very soon, next Saturday uh, for David Stone. So next week's show, we'll definitely uh, dive into how you're feeling about that in the you know four to eight hours or so leading up to that big decision. So looking forward to that uh, next week. I think that's it. Did you have anything else, Colin, you wanted to add before we let you go? I uh, I, I personally – would love to hear about what you guys saw at the scrimmage last night and maybe bounce off of y'all a little bit because there were some big boy recruits on that field as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. James, you can mm-hmm. – I mean, yeah, like like we said, uh, uh, Andy Bass was running all over guys. We saw that. Well, did, did we talk about the stiff arm that Xavier Robinson – No, I was going to try and pipe it in like, somewhere. Xavier Robinson, yeah, it didn't come up naturally, but uh, God, he's fun to watch. 
He's just I mean, so the, big. He's in just in the middle of a run. Yeah, this, <laughs> he already had broken one tackle on the play. I think it was his first run of the of the day, and he grab and he grabs the next guy by the chest and just just throws him like three yards away from him. Just get off me. That's that's also on on our YouTube channel. Check that out. I mean, he was outstanding. He had he had a couple touchdowns as well. Then we talked about trying to watch catching that touchdown pass from Kevin Sperry. Uh, you know, Tristan Haynes had a great catch. You know, I mean, they were all they were all shining. The one, the ones that you want to know about here at Citizens Illustrated, they were all shining. Every single one of them had great plays. They made great plays, and you know, that's exactly what you wanted to see. You know, we talked about Nate Roberts as well. So, I mean, everybody you want to hear about. Xavier Robinson got tackled. I, I don't <laughs> sure. I mean, I went back to the, the plays that I had. He didn't have a ton of carries. You know, Carl Albert, as you would expect, kind of played their guys, you know, sparingly. You know, not, not pushing anything too crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't think he got tackled. I think he only ever got pushed out of bounds. I don't remember ever seeing him on the ground. Um, he, is <laughs> he is just a force. He's a lot of fun. And if you're, you know, know you're a fan, you're curious, you're wondering. Because Carl Albert actually tied UConn, which was a bit stunning. Um, that was – we were all talking expecting – this could be really ugly. They played two quarters, uh, but UConn, give them credit. They did a nice job. They worked that clock. But long story short, in the drives where Kevin Sperry was on the field, touchdowns. He, he only he only had touchdown drives. So that offense is going to be outrageous. Marcus James didn't have any big impactful plays, mainly because UConn, James, I don't – they ran oh, the opposite. Whatever side of the ball he was on. I, I believe so. Yeah. Every time, yeah. just trying to avoid him. As physically imposing of a high school kid. As I've seen uh, recently, he, yeah, he looks he looks the part. He's a good bus guy, um, but yeah, all the OU guys all, all showed out. Andy Bass and Nate Roberts, like James said. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of dudes on that field last night, so you guys did a heck of a job covering it, man. I wanted yeah, to bring I mean, that up. Hey, shout out to UConn. They had a great game plan. It worked out pretty well. And like, I'm not sure. I know, like I said, Cash first was starting uh, a couple of drives for the offense and things like that. Um, so yeah, the tie the tie was shocking. The tie was shocking in the end of it. Good stuff. It was fun. Same thing as kind of Colin was talking about tonight. It was just fun to see football. Uh actual there was a few like really big hits. Just felt good. Felt good. It was a nice crowd out there. Just nice. Just good for the soul. All right. Well, I think that's about it. We'll let you go, Colin. We'll get Tom in here to do some fall camp stuff. Um, appreciate you, sir. Enjoy the rest of the time in Nashville and that game tonight. And our VIP subscribers can look forward to the intel that comes out of that 50 percent off folks subscribe if you haven't already and i will see you next time ladies and gentlemen all right we'll bring tom in here for a little fall camp stuff right now the sooners illustrated podcast we'll be back after this short break knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling meeting new friends or just even to master new skill But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we now bring in Tom Green. Thomas, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing today? So far, so good. Yeah, we're back. Always good to be back on with you guys. It feels like I haven't seen you guys in hours, <laughs> days even. Days. Uh, great recruiting stuff with Colin on the front end of the show here. <clears throat> we'll do a little fall camp here with Tom on the way out. Then we'll send you into your last college football free weekend for the foreseeable future. Uh, week zero is next weekend. So it's not the best slate in the world, but best believe I'll be watching it because um, I'm ready for some ball. So good times are ahead. So we'll uh, knock out some latest here from fall camp. Obviously, uh, since last time we did the show on Tuesday, uh, we haven't been out to practice or anything, but we did talk to some guys on Tuesday, and they did have a scrimmage on Wednesday, which is not the norm. You know, me um, covering Oklahoma in the past, you know, for a few seasons now. Um, maybe I'm just misremembering. I don't recall having – two scrimmages that close together. Typically it's like one on a Saturday and then maybe the next Saturday, or maybe even two weeks later, but they turned right around Saturday to Wednesday and scrimmaged again. And I've been told by a source that they're going to scrimmage again tomorrow on Saturday um, back at the stadium. So they're hitting it hard and heavy here this, uh, this fall camp, but in general guys, interviews on Tuesday or things you've heard, Anything from the scrimmage that stuck out? Also, we've had some great VIP notes from Colin, a little bit from myself as well uh, on the message boards. Anything that uh, stuck out the last few days from fall camp that you've been hearing or uh, player interview or whatever? Yeah, I mean, like like you mentioned, they've certainly been scrimmaging a lot yeah. this week. Um, yeah. You know, two of them down. I, I think Brent Venables mentioned that Saturday is going to be more of a half scrimmage, more situational work. But it, it's pretty clear that they want to make the most of – these last few days before classes start and players have to start juggling their class schedule and schoolwork on top of their day-to-day of football stuff. Um, obviously, this is the end of the camp portion of the preseason for them, and they'll start shifting into game mode starting next week, preparing for Arkansas State, looking ahead to those opponents after that, getting game plans ready. Um, but, yeah, I mean, lots of scrimmaging, lots of scrimmaging, lots of, lots of stuff I've been hearing uh, you know, just about the progress of the team coming off that first scrimmage, some things we've heard from the last scrimmage, and yeah. Yeah, we talked about that scrimmage, and Peyton Bowen seems to be impressing mm-hmm. Will in, in all his scrimmages. Uh, I talked to him a little bit, and he's talked about being a freshman and kind of like, you know, not wanting to mess up, just run through the steps, do your job before he wants to make those those big plays, but he, he, he can't help himself. He's just making big plays over and over again, it seems like. Every time we hear about him, he's catching interceptions from, you know, Jackson Arnold, things like that. I mean, it's, he's, he's doing his thing out there. Yeah, it's it's pretty evident just the talent level that Peyton Bowen has coming in as a five-star defender there at safety. Yeah. I mean, when we talked to him the other day, he was saying that he's playing five different positions right now, and he's trying to get in on special teams work as a return guy. You know, he's not the primary return guy right now, but he's, he's you know, making his case for – some opportunities back there to get in in the return game because, I mean, we've, we've seen the highlights from his high school career. We've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands in those situations. So it, it's 
pretty evident that they're not hesitant to put a lot on his plate, even though he's a freshman, just because, you know, he has a really high football IQ. We've heard Brent Venable say it a lot of times. Things just come really simple for him on the football field. Um, so they're not gonna they're not gonna hold him back. They're just gonna, you know, throw him in the fire. And that's what he wants. He wants to be thrown in the fire. He wants to be tested. He wants to see what he's worth, um, especially early in the season. Yeah, but it was said they're gonna try to find a spot for him. So that's why you know they got all those different spots yeah. he's working on right now. They want to get him on the field. That's that's a that's a major key for them this season. Did we talk about Danny Stutman's nose last time? I can't remember. Was that was that in the last pod? I don't came in. It, but that was after practice on Monday. So. Yeah, he, he did his interview with bloody nose. <laughs> talking about toughness and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that, Danny. I see what you got going yeah. on, man. Certified yeah. football guy. <laughs> that, yeah. that looks just like what a linebacker should look like. I mean, my goodness. When it comes to awesome. um, when it comes to Peyton, you know, I mean, he it's becoming pretty evident that I think that he's just going to be too good to not play mm-hmm. uh, in some way, uh, get on the field. And that shouldn't be overlooked because, you know, we talked about it a little bit before last season. Um, and maybe this just becomes with being year two or whatever, but um, Brett Venables was really gun shy to play freshman last year. Um, I mean, he didn't not do it, but I mean, like those linebackers, Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis, he, you know, he, he didn't, Jaron Kanick even, I mean, he did, didn't really want to put him out there. He, he, didn't feel like they were ready or whatever. So what we're hearing about Peyton Bowen shouldn't go overlooked. It's just like, yeah, no, no, duh. He's a five-star, you know, it's not really a given, you know, you're going to come in and make an immediate impact, even as somebody as highly touted of high school as he was. Um, but yeah, he sounds like he's having a phenomenal camp and he continues to do good things. And we're going to break down the safeties room next week, but that, that, that group is sounding like it's as strong as we all thought it would probably be. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Pearson's another one. His name has come up constantly you ask around, you know, how what are things going on? What are some notable things that happened at the scrimmage or whatever? And a big one that has that I've heard and has been floating around a little bit is that he came up and uh, stuck a running back, forced a fumble on a big hit that was talked about. So, you know, yeah, they, uh... guys I think are doing nice things. That doesn't even count Billy Bowman, who's, you know, one of the best guys on this team in any position. So mm-hmm. that his room, real good. Yeah, yesterday they, the team account put out another one of those hype videos with some highlights from the second yeah. scrimmage. And they, they showed that play that you were talking about from Reggie Pearson. It looked like it might have been on Javante. Um, just came in, hit him in the hole, forced a fumble, and I think Isaiah Coe came up with the recovery. But it's it's clear that obviously he's a heavy hitter. You know, we, we know what Reggie Pearson is capable of on that back end, and I'll have some more on him on the site probably this afternoon. Um but when we were talking to Ted Roof on Tuesday, you know, he, he was talking about how, you know, he's seen improvements from the defense, especially from where they were a year ago with this new staff coming in, but that they're nowhere near where they need to be. Based on yeah. what we've heard from that second scrimmage a day later, a day after we talked to Ted, I think this defense is taking a, a few more steps in the right direction, it seems. It seems like they, they, they performed better on Wednesday than they did in the Saturday scrimmage. Um, yeah. And that's certainly a better, a better sign. Um, you know, it, it's always difficult with these scrimmages because, like, oh, the offense does really well. It's like, is the defense bad? That's what I was going to say. This is such well. a hard thing. To, yeah. I mean, it, it's a give and yeah. take because you're playing your own team. But you want to see signs of progress on each side of the ball. And I think they saw that on Wednesday with the defense. Yeah, yeah that was, was, was my take. Yeah. yeah, the team was in, quote, good spirits was the, the comment that I got after the scrimmage on Wednesday competitive day everybody's feeling pretty good vibes are pretty high right now i mean you'd expect in the august everybody's zero and zero that kind of thing but 
Um, it sounds like, yeah, there's some give and take there, like Tom is saying. Like, it's not offense just beating defense into the ground or vice versa. It's kind of been a little bit of a give and take, which is what you kind of hope for um, if you're Brent Venables and obviously that staff. Also, um, you know, another guy, we did, we did the receivers breakdown on the early show, this uh, early week show, but didn't hear nice things about Nick Anderson. He had another nice day, it sounds like, on Wednesday. Um, a big touchdown from D- uh, Dylan. Yeah, he uh, he might be one to, you know, overlooked a little. Um, so we didn't see him at all last year with injuries and things like that. But, you know, Kale Gundy is kind of, you know, famously, you know, mentioned last year when we were asking about him, you know, he's an Anderson. We all remember what Rodney Anderson was, freak of nature. And Nick Anderson is basically that, but taller and longer as a wide receiver. Um he may be playing himself into a role, and we talked about it many times. That receiver room is is begging for guys to step up, and Nick Anderson might be a little bit of that. You continue to hear good things about him every single time, it seems like. So mm-hmm. another thing that yeah. stuck out to me. Yeah, Jaquez had another big mm-hmm. play in the passing yeah. game, which, I mean, feels like we're saying that after every practice, after right. every scrimmage, that, you know, he's another guy just like Peyton Bowen. It seems like he is going to play himself onto the field as a true freshman. Um because they need playmakers at that at that position. Um, and th- this isn't so much uh, from the scrimmage, but from Tuesday's interviews, mm-hmm. I was really impressed talking to Andre Anthony. Um, I was over there for the whole time with him and uh, just re- really impressed with, you know, how he's kind of adapted. He talked about how he's more comfortable with the route tree, um, just learning the offense and trying to become a more all-around receiver. I think Josh, you were over there with me when we were talking to him about right. you know, his experience at Michigan and you know just the fact that he's been on a couple of teams that have made the college football playoff, and you know how that's kind of made him hungry to help Oklahoma get back to that spot too. Um, but yeah, just just someone I was really impressed with, and obviously someone we've heard a lot about uh, this preseason so far. So uh, curious to just see how he continues to develop and what role he carves out in that wide receiver room. And, and to go off of that, I mean, we got to talk to Gavin Solchuk as well, who, who had a very great cheese it ball. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he said he's, he's coming off of that very confident, you know, getting to see everything that he did in practice actually show up and, you know, perform for him in that game. It, it gives you confidence heading into this season. Uh, and he thinks he said that's a that's a big case for him. Obviously, he's banged up right now, so he's not fully working out with the rest of the team, but he's he's padded up. He's out there. Uh, he's moving around. So. Uh, he's going. He's wanting to go for that top spot. I mean, it's, that's why he's there. He's talked about somebody's got to replace Eric Gray. Uh, he's he's going to make his push for it, and we're going to see what happens from there. You know, you got guys like Javante Barnes and Marcus Major that can all be in that spot. So it's just about who's going to prove themselves mm-hmm. the rest of the way here. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah Gavin seemed in yeah. good spirits, even though he's he's been a little bit limited in practice. But it, it seems they're they're being more cautious with him and Javante. Than anything else, um, you know, I don't. I don't think it was anything too major with him. At least, it didn't seem like it when we were talking to him. Um, but they, they want to keep those guys fresh, especially these last two weeks heading into the season. I'd say it's not a big, a big injury because they, they haven't disclosed pretty much what it is. I mean, just like he just he just banged up right now. That's pretty much it. What it comes yeah. down to, he he stood in front of us and looked like in great shape. So it doesn't look like he's in pain much. He's just probably just taking it slow, getting back from something. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So. Uh, yeah, like Tom said, ball camp kind of winding down, uh, expecting another scrimmage tomorrow. So keep an eye out for some VIP notes uh, on the board, either tomorrow night or maybe even Sunday morning. We'll try to get those as quick as we can. Um, and then, yeah, school starts next week for Oklahoma. So the schedule is going to shift around a lot. Um, we've been doing those kind of like early 10 a.m., 10, 30, 11 a.m. practices and stuff. 
that life is over. We're going to be shifting back to like evenings. So um, kind of just a, a body clock reset for us and obviously OU fans as well. We're kind of looking for those player interviews and things like that. It'll be a little later in the day, but uh, looking forward to that early next week and then uh, game week right after that. So Game uh, week. Uh, I know it's, it's crazy. We're getting real close. Two weeks from tomorrow is the uh, season opener. Um, all right, so we only have a few positions left to break down, which is because we're getting close to week one. Um, we have two defensive de- positions and one offensive. We're in the secondary. We did wide receivers on Tuesday. We're going to do cornerbacks today, and then we're going to go tight ends, then safeties to close uh, this whole series we've been doing here on the podcast. Cornerbacks an interesting group. Jay Valai, the position coach there, is kind of one of these rising star coaches. Uh, OE fans have kind of started to really, really embrace and fall in love with Jay Valai a little bit. He's an easy guy to like. He's very engaging, fun to talk to. Um, this is a position that's interesting because you have one bona fide stud at the top in Woody Washington, clearly the number one, clearly the veteran, clearly the leader, all that stuff. But then after that, there's a lot of guys who are more than capable but haven't really had to do it yet at this level. Uh, Gentry Williams, Kendall Dolby, Akari Vickers, Josiah Wagner, we've heard a lot of good things about. So I guess how does this room feel to you guys uh, in general? Because, you know, like we have said, Woody Washington is right there. But after that, there's certainly talent, but nobody has really done it yet at this level. Um, how do you feel about it overall? What's your you know confidence level, I guess, right now in this group? I think they feel pretty good about this group, especially listening to Brent Venables talk about it on Monday. Mm. Um, he was asked about the competition for that second cornerback spot, and he kind of looked like, what do you mean that second spot? You know, all, all these spots are up for grabs. You know, he, he's he's downplaying Woody Washington's hold on that number one spot. And, you know, well, that to an extent is coach speak. I think it also speaks to his confidence in the overall ability of that room. Again, we know what Woody Washington, Washington can do. He's the most experienced guy in that room, really the only one with significant experience at the college level. I mean, you, you look at Gentry Williams and Kenai Walker, I think they have a combined like 140 snaps between them. Yeah, right. um, Kendall Dolby's got two years of experience, but it's at the JUCO level. So you don't have guys that have played meaningful ball at the Power 5 level quite yet. Um, outside of Woody. So, you know, pencil him into that that number one spot, even if Brent Venables wants to downplay it. But I think that they're feeling more and more confident about that room as the season is approaching. It's one of those positions where we can't we can't really understand how good they are until we see them, you know, against the receivers or another group. We can only go off of what we've been told, seems like, of what, how we know what their strengths are and everything like that. Because, as you said, Woody Watch is the only guy we've actually seen in this type of format playing very well. So, it's kind of that situation for me. Like, how, how good are they really? Because we're just we're just watching drills right now. I want to see them go one on one with guys and see how well they they cover them and things like that. So that that's that's really what I want to see to really have a, a understanding of where they are overall as a unit. Yeah, yeah. Tom, that you mentioned, Kai Walker too. He he's kind of an X factor of the group. You know, he had a really nice spring and fall camps last year, and we kind of thought that. You know, there was a chance he was going to play a really big role, and he had his moments, but not maybe what what uh, he probably hoped for. He's still a really young player last year, only the second year, I believe, college football after transferring in. Um, but he's another one of those guys that's kind of like, how much is how how where in the packing order is he? And he's that's why that when we get those depth charts, which will come out the week of the first game, he'll that'll be one that I jump to immediately. It's cornerback, and where's Kai Walker in that that pack order? Because he is a bit of a a bit of a wild card in that group. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at this point, I, I think you know Gentry Williams is probably still the betting favorite to be that second starting corner. But we're going to see a lot of the, a lot of those guys play just because the nature of offenses these days. We talked about it before. You can't have too many good quality defensive backs, especially with the spread out systems and how many wide receivers teams are utilizing these days. So you know we're going to see you know Kendall Dolby who. Again, two years of experience at junior college. They really like his physicality. For him, it's just kind of mastering the playbook at this point. Um, you know, Josiah Walker or Josiah Wagner, someone that we've heard a lot about um, early in, through these first two weeks of camp. Um, just his physicality, his mindset. I mean, listening to Jay Valet talk about him a couple weeks ago at Media Day was probably the most entertained I was throughout that day. Um, you know, said you know he he thinks he's crazy. Um, and crazy recognized crazy. Um, and just the, the way he talked about it is like this fearlessness that Josiah Wagner has. And, you know, he's a guy who is kind of undersized for his position. I mean, he's put on, I think, 17, 18 pounds since he got to Oklahoma. So he's filling out that frame. But, you know, he's not a big, rangy defensive back, but he'll get in your face. Um, you know, he, he's he's fearless. And uh, I think the way Jay Valai put it is that, those are the people that you should be most afraid of. Those are the ones that are the most dangerous, the ones that do not have any fear when they're out there and are just willing to get in your face and do what it takes to win that rep. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think he's someone who's, you know, playing himself into that rotation as well. Yeah, Coach Vallejo also talked about Jacoby Johnson, too, at, at Fall yeah. Camp today. Just, yeah, one, one guy like that. He said, he said they're, they're obviously fighting over keeping him on the defensive side all the time. Because, Had to play rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jacoby can play both sides. He's been playing well. And I, I talked to Jacoby about that as well at media day. He's, he's doing whatever he needs to do to get on the field. And I think uh, that's good for, the, for OU, just trying to get a guy that can do anything. And he can play both sides. He said he uses all that knowledge he has as a receiver to help him on the defensive side. And I've seen him I've seen him excel at both on the field. So uh, just seeing where he's at will be fun to see as well when we look at that depth chart uh, in week one. Where is Jacoby Johnson going to be at in all this? Because he's a guy that you want on the field as well. You got all the size that you need to be a great corner, a great defensive back, and a great wide receiver in the athleticism. You know, he's coming off a healthy, you know, offseason. So where is he going to be at? That'll be fun to see as well. Yeah, and, and a guy that we haven't mentioned yet, um, but that I've been impressed from the, from what I've seen. I haven't gotten to look too much at the cornerbacks when we've been out there at practice. But when I was trying to make my way over there at the end of the period the other day, Makari Vickers uh, looked like he just had a really nice pass breakup in a one-on-one reps toward the end of practice. Mm. And I, I think he's another guy that they really like. Um, seems like he's been stepping up and making some plays here and there. Um, but again, an, another young guy who doesn't have experience and with this group it's really about who's going to step in and you know be ready to make those plays in the big 12 um because there's no substitute for experience but you can't get experience without getting experience so uh kind of just really anxious to see you know how that rotation shakes out yeah for sure um probably my favorite quote for me today was from jay valai and uh, he said, you know, one thing we're not going to be is soft. If you're soft, you're not going to play for me. Um, was how he characterized it. That alone gets me juiced uh, for this for yeah. this group. I'm excited to see what they look like. I'm a big believer in Woody Washington, and then I think the rest of the pieces are just going to fall into place. So let's go ahead and do the ratings. Let's uh, let's give these scores one to ten on the cornerback room, um, strength, all that good stuff. If you've been listening, you know how it works by now. Um, is it James starting? 
Yeah, it's 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 unnecessary. This is uh, a <laughs> listen, right. listen with this number. I I have no confidence in my score just yet. Like I said, I haven't seen these guys <laughs> a lot in one on one situations versus college level receivers. So that I don't know yet. So with that in mind, I'm going to seven point two because I want to see some growth. Uh, come on, Tom. Let's not. <laughs> you, you guys are your decimals, man. It just like <laughs> it's the most random decimal. Seven point two. Seven. I'm gonna go. Should I go seven point two five to to please, uh, appease Josh to get a quarter in there? I'm going seven point two because I know there's talent there. I just I want to see it on the field. I haven't seen it yet because we haven't got a chance to. So that's where I'm at right now. As I've said, I, we've talked about the entire group in in total. Woody Washington's a guy that we know for sure is going to be out there. Um, what else are we going to see? Who else is going to be out there with him? You know, that's that's the thing. It's a lot of question marks right now still, and we're not really sure. Yeah, um, I think – I'm kind of going back and forth here. I think I'm going to go with 7.75 um, for the uh, – So that's the, there we go. There we go. Um, for the uh, for the cornerbacks. As long as they stay healthy, I'm really not too worried. I, I really could be talked into going higher. Um, but exactly, yeah. you got to factor in, you know, potential injury. And if how different does the room look if Woody Washington goes down in week one? You know, it looks a lot different, and I it, it, you wouldn't feel good about it. So um, for that, that reason, I dock a little. Uh, if you told me right now Woody's healthy all year and, like, there's no injury, I probably would say, like, 8 or an 8.25 or something. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll say 7.75. Um, I like Jensen Williams a lot. He was robbed of a spring because of his scary medical situation. That stinks for him. Um, I do think Kendall Dolby is going to be pretty good. Um, he has a chance to play a lot of snaps, JUCO guy. Um, but then after that, you know, you're going to if you, you're going to be leaning on young guys, either Wagner or Kanai Walker, who we said hasn't played a lot of college football at all, or maybe even Vickers or Jacoby Johnson, or whatever. It's a lot of young guys. So I feel pretty good about the room. Um, you really need to keep Woody on the field, let him play a lot of snaps, let him be the leader. Um, that's going to be very, very important. So that's where I land, 7.75. My turn? Yes, okay. sir. All right. I'm going to go with a 7.9324. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> all. <you're> just... <laughs> that's all. Um, I, I will go with a 7.9, um, just, just under an 8. I, I, I do just think this group eight. is really good. Um you know, again, it's it's inexperienced. You got a lot of young guys, but cornerback is one of those positions where you can throw a young guy in the fire because so much of it is about instincts and reacting. Mm-hmm. True. Um, compared to some of these other positions, like you know, linebacker or, or safety or defensive line, um, and you know, I, I really like the talent in that room. Listening to Jay Valai talk about that position group makes me more confident in them. Um, you know, Josh mentioned that that quote that, uh, you know, right. about the room. But, you know, when I was over there, the, the way he put it is, I want those guys throwing hands in that room. I want them fighting for these roles. Um, and just the way he talks about the mentality that so many of them have, even the freshmen who are here in the spring, he's like, yeah, you know, they're not freshmen anymore. This is year two. And that's how they're approaching it for themselves now. Um, so it, it, it's a room, I think, is really talented, young, but, you know, I think Woody Washington is going to be that guy. I think Genshi Williams is going to take that next step after getting his feet wet last year. And just these other young pieces, I, I think they're really good. And I think that this secondary is going to be much improved this year because of it. 
I like I like our decimal scores. I like them. I mean, we haven't gotten any slack from the fans or anything. Yeah, they they haven't been upset about it. They like too. You, there's a difference between a seven, you know, with with this group and a seven for like, you know, maybe the offensive line and things like that. I mean, difference in in how the seven is. So, uh, yeah, I like where we're at right now. Uh, pretty good stuff. Absolutely. Only two positions left uh, next week: tight ends and safeties, which are going to be. Two very different scores for me. Yeah, it's going to be uh, wide margin. Of the spectrum. Because, um, <laughs> spoiler, uh, tight end will be low uh, for me. It is going to be very high. So, uh, we'll, we'll start bad and we'll end on a high note uh, in the late show next week. So, I think that's it for the cornerbacks breakdown. Only two positions left, like I said, tight ends and then safeties. And then it's game week. We'll be talking about an actual game, uh, which is gives me – it's tantalizing. Uh, feeling feeling good about that. Tantalizing. So, um I think that's it for us. Uh, enjoy your last college football free weekend, you guys and the listeners, of course. Do whatever you got to do. This is it. If you got yard wow. or errands wow. or whatever, your life's about to go away. So this is the time <laughs> to do it. Um, any last things from you guys before we uh, peace out for this one? Yeah, I don't know if you guys mentioned this uh, in the early segment with Colin, <clears throat> but if you are not a member to Sooners Illustrated just yet, mm-hmm. if you're still on the fence – we are running a 50% off special through Monday at 11 p.m. Central Time. So hop on board, take advantage, get get in there uh, before the season starts, and join us for the ride, guys. Come on. Yes, I appreciate everyone who has hopped aboard. The YouTube channel is up to like 1.25 thousand subscribers or so, which it's only really been up and running for about you know a couple months or so now. So I appreciate everybody who's done that. Continue to do that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, completely free. Subscribe, to obviously, to the site. On the podcast, leave us a rating, comment, review, whatever. That stuff is all very, very helpful. So appreciate everybody who has done that so far and continue to do that. Um, I think as a site overall, we're really we're finding our footing in a great place right now. Colin has obviously been killing it the whole time. We've had some great camp intel. Tom and James are busting out team stories and more context, all that stuff constantly. Fans seem to really be enjoying it. Um, Things are going well. And we have some big things coming for the podcast soon, too, that I'm excited about. So things are – the wheels are in motion. We're, we're yep. building this up uh, one day at a time here. So The homepage uh, looks different every single day. Every single day there's new content mm-hmm. on there. And I can yeah. promise you that with 100% guarantee. And you're not supposed yeah. to guarantee, but I can guarantee you. Keep it every, fresh. Every day is going to look different. Not going to let that page <laughs> get stale. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. And also, I mean, it goes without saying, too, if you subscribe, you're subscribed to the whole 247 network. So you get access to, obviously, the great guys that we have in our pocket, like Steve Wolfong and Alan True and all the other great insiders, um, all the other sites as well. If you want to go peruse a Texas message board, if you're into that kind of thing, feel free. You could do it. You know, so uh, really good bang for your buck. So I suggest it. All right. That's it. We'll catch you guys next week with more fall camp breakdown and then obviously more recruiting news. Uh, as well we're getting very very close two weeks from the season opener that's it we'll catch you next week for another edition of the Sooners Illustrated podcast for Tom Green and James Jackson I'm Josh Calloway we'll catch you guys next week peace